Good morning. It is uh, 9.07, and it is Think Tank Thursday. Thank, <laughs> thank God. Uh, we got Jim Babka coming up in about a half an hour. We're going to talk about foreign policy, because th- there are some really screwy things that have been going on in our foreign policy. And it's not just this administration, though there are some strange things from there. Uh, we're going to uh, chat with uh, MoFirst.org, and that, of course, uh, would be Ron Calzone. Uh, He says the passage of the agricultural tax credit bill illustrates how lawless the Missouri State Senate is. Well, I'm going to want to find out about that. Uh, In the meantime, we kick off the program as we always do with the inimitable Kevin Jackson, uh, the KevinJacksonNetwork.com. Kevin, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Uh, Quick question. How are you doing with that uh, election fraud movie that you're putting together? Uh, It's coming along. We expect to have it finished in January, and we'll we'll debut it around the country at that time. I'm also going to be doing an event uh, where I, uh, here in Arizona where we bring in Sorbo, John Boyd, and others, and we're going to talk about pop culture in general and movie making and how the conservative movement and some things that we've got going on here are going to ensure that that uh, we can make these kind of films and uh, we have a distribution network for them and it and quite frankly it'll bridge over into other things because yeah, I mean it's one thing for a movie like Dinesh's 2000 Mules to be seen by a bunch of conservatives but it's another for it to permeate uh, the left and have them look at it and go whoa you know you're right about this so that's what I'm hoping we'll be able to get set up for this but yeah beyondthemules.com anybody who wants to go look at it the trailer's there uh, all er, anything involving the movie is there anybody who wants to donate to, to help fund it it's all that's there it's a beautiful website uh, Mexico didn't build it but they might pay for it <laughs> <laughs> alright well, let's get into Arizona politics since you are there yeah um, an event with Carrie Lake in Blake yesterday, Ted Cruz came in. I got to see Ted, and um, yeah, name it was dropper. amazing. Name dropper. I got to see Ted. Yeah, We're friends, man. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I, know, I always I know thought Ted he was Cruz. more discerning than all that. But okay, if you you say you're let me friends. tell you, Gary, Ted Cruz gave probably the most fiery speech that I've ever seen him give. He was smoking out there doing a big tour. Uh, it's a multi-state tour, and they had the tour bus, and everybody got the sign. Ted goes, y'all come out to the bus, and we have a pin there. You can travel with us. So everybody signed the bus. There had to be thousands of signatures. It's called the Truth and Something Tour. But let me tell you, that guy was in fuego. Best speech I've ever seen him give. He was funny, He, he was, but he was he told about legislation. He talked about Mark Kelly and Joe Biden <clears throat> and uh, Carrie Lake, who, you know, is a stud. Carrie wow. is DeSantis. She's a pretty version of DeSantis uh, and Trump that makes sense. I mean, I think she's going to be the most amazing governor in this in the country very quickly. But did I you see this. the article about her in Politico? I, I don't. What was it? Arizona Republican Carrie Lake is running for governor as a hard-charging outsider. That's why it came as a surprise when, ahead of the August primary, a supporter asked her about a rumor that she'd hired prominent GOP strategists closely aligned with the party establishment. I don't know who these people are, Lake pushed back, adding she didn't have big, high-priced D.C. consultants. She preferred her team of true believers many of them pro-Donald Trump 20-somethings, who were new to politics and to drive the point home. Lake 
uh, recalled she waved over one of her young lieutenants, asked him to show off his MAGA tattoo, which happened to be on the inside of his lower lip. And the episode, uh, they write, illustrates how Lake, 53-year-old former TV uh, news anchor and first-time candidate running for a key swing state, has ripped out almost every page in the well-worn playbook on how to wage a campaign, and it appears to be working. Oh, well, I, I didn't see that, but I can tell you this. Carrie, I know Carrie very well. I've been to multiple events. And I say I've been to events. I'm not talking about in the shadows. Uh, I, I, I literally told her what to run as a commercial in one event. <clears throat> but I'll tell you this. She can manage the media better than anybody. And she, the way she described her campaign is exactly the way it went. Here's what I can tell you about her, her previous campaign. Carrie did not spend more than $2 million. She defeated Karen Taylor Robeson, who's a friend. And Karen spent, I think, $40 million. Uh, this lady knows how to get media. She's obviously very attractive, so that doesn't hurt. But she's so well-spoken. And, and one of the things she talked about, she says, you know, you got to be a good communicator when you're talking to people. And she runs from nothing. I, I mean, I've watched her for the better part of a year. And, and I'm telling you right now, she will be our governor. But, but, but I will tell you this. She got upstaged by Ted Cruz, which is difficult to do with Kerry. Ted was on fire. And if, uh, if you get a chance to see him wherever he's traveling, because he said he's going to Nevada next, I believe, in New Mexico, then Nevada, or, or vice versa. I know they're going to Florida. He said Tennessee named all the locations. If you can get, see him on that tour, it was really uh, an amazing thing to see. He was, he was in his prime. Uh, how's the Senate race looking? Uh, you know, Blake's playing catch-up because the, the the big issue right here that Kelly's running is on uh, around uh, abortion. And Blake has made some, you know, he, he's, you know, you shouldn't be killing babies kind of a thing. And, of course, Mark Kelly's running that he's going to let women do whatever they want because he believes in abortion up to, to birth. But now there's, start, there's a pact that's starting to push back on Mark Kelly. And I think their big deal is he votes with Biden. Every time he votes with Schumer and he votes with Biden. So we can talk about abortion or whatever, but this guy is, is killing us. He, and, and what's funny, Kelly uh, runs these commercials uh, on the border and he says, these outsiders coming here trying to tell us what to do. You know, we know what to do. But and then he goes on to tell you what we should be doing. Which is funny to me, because if you know what to do, why didn't you do it? It isn't like you're running for senator. You have been senator, and you haven't plugged the gap. And so what I told Blake is, call, call uh, Kelly what he is. Call him the biggest human trafficker in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in Arizona history. Because this guy, 750 people died at the Arizona border in a year. Who's responsible for that? Mark Kelly. The, the women who are, they got a rape tree where they throw the panties up in the tree. All the women and children who are sexually assaulted, that's on Mark Kelly. All the fentanyl that's coming into, this, into our country, Mark Kelly. Go to the, go to the hospitals here in Arizona and, and guess how long you have to wait. You know what you're going to hear language-wise? You're going to hear a lot of Spanish. That's Mark Kelly. Look at our schools. We're ranked 48th, 49th, and 50th, depending on what you measure on, reading and math, depending on which uh, thing you look at. Mark Kelly, because these kids come in, in our schools, and we got to set up English as a second language and all kinds of other stuff. So every problem that uh, Arizona faces outside of water, and, and you can even blame that on him, too, because when you let millions of people come into your state, 
you know, that are unregulated, you're, you're draining resources. So I told Blake, just call him what he is. No, and, and, and trust me, people are going to understand it. So he's got talking points to push back against everything that Mark Kelly has said, and they've got a debate uh, tonight, in fact. So hopefully, and, and I'll tell you this, Blake, I'm not a, you know, I certainly don't favor him over Jim Lehman. I still think Jim Lehman's the best candidate. But Blake is a good guy. And um, I think he can beat Kelly. He was realistic. He says he's ahead of me right now, but I'm gaining. He said, and that's why Mark Kelly's been coming out of his dungeon and making a lot of mistakes. And he has. Every time Mark Kelly, they ask him, do you want Joe Biden to run with you? Oh, you know, I'm not making anything on the press. So every time he opens his mouth, he's pulling some Bidens here. So it's going to be a fun race to watch. Two more races of import are, uh, in particular, the one in Georgia, uh, but also Pennsylvania. And we'll kick that around a little bit with Kevin Jackson, the KevinJacksonNetwork.com. You're listening to The Gary Nolan Show. It's the Zimmer Radio Network. It is 919. Glad to have you with us. Kevin Jackson is with us, uh, the Kevin Jackson Network uh, on the World Wide Web. So... Two important races uh, for the Republicans. One would be Pennsylvania. The other one, of course, would be Georgia. The latest kerfuffle in Georgia is the allegation that the Republican candidate uh, paid for an abortion while running as pro-life. You think that's going to hurt him in the general? No, not at all. Not at all. What's your logic? I, I think that the people people are have become so. Um, Detached, not detached is a part of it, but I think they've also become numb to these types of things. They see these as this is supposed to be the October surprise. Okay, so uh, an amazing athlete uh, in his prime, you know, was messing around with probably very lovely ladies and got some pregnant. I mean, wow, shocker, hard to believe. So number one, it's not that it's not salacious. Uh, and you can, you can, oh, well, Herschel, it's Herschel Walker. He runs around being a Christian. Well, Christians are, are failed people. So it, I don't think it's going to play the way the Democrats want it to play. And, you know, uh, first of all, and it's, it's also an unproven allegation to say, well, he funded that. If, if he, he may have funded a car payment for her or funded her apartment and she, if she used it for an abortion, that's on her. So it's, it's one of these things that's too specious. And even if, if she, unless she had video of Herschel Walker saying, look, uh, I need you to kill that kid because I don't want him, you know, that, if, unless you have that, this is a, a story that nobody should even know about or care about private private matter and it isn't going to hurt Herschel with the people who know that they don't want Warnock and I, I think it has the potential to backfire with independents who recognize what this game is and what they're trying to do they're not going to look at Herschel as somebody that you know is a, a hypocrite they're going to probably look at him and say you know here again he's being demonized this is the, this is the strategy of the left all right I think as prices of gasoline continue to go up uh, the the uh, governor is is just trouncing his opponent. Uh, I think he has coattails. I think Absolutely. it's anything but a Democrat, uh, and I think that uh, it does not affect the election for him. I think he actually wins. Absolutely. Uh, so now let's move up to Pennsylvania. This is a debate I want to watch. It's a little too late in the game, and it was designed that way by, by uh, the Democrats because they want the early voters to send in their their votes before they actually see what's left of this guy's brain. Yeah. Um, but it's talking could, about Fetterman? Huh? 
You're talking about Fetterman, right? Yeah, well, absolutely. He's, he's suffer, suffering from aphasia. Uh, he's going to be slow in his response. He says things that, I mean, we've got some quotes from him that are almost unintelligible. Fetterman's I think, not, a, not a great candidate when he's lucid. He's kind of like Biden. He's not good lucid. I mean, he, maybe he can sell lefties. Uh, and and Doctor Doctor Oz, I mean, whether you like him or not, you know, he's probably more moderate than he is Republican. But he will be on point. This well, guy, he'll if if Oz wins, I don't know what kind of a Republican he'll be, but he'll give the Republicans, uh, hopefully, the majority uh, in the Senate, so they can control uh, what comes up, uh, and and that would be uh, better than leaving uh, Chuck Schumer in charge. We yeah, also right. we also have a problem here, and. Well, you're probably one of the best translators uh, in in radio today. So if you could help us with this, because I would have given commentary, but I, I wasn't sure what was being you said. Speak, you don't speak the language yet. Uh, yeah. Brian, would you run some of this audio for yes, us? Yes, I can do that. Absolutely determined, as Murphy and others are, to get this done. Uh, I, I would have had a comment on it if I knew what he was saying. Could you Could you translate that for me? <laughs> he said uh, he's got hairy legs that turn blonde in the sun. <laughs> and, and sometimes corn pop <laughs> would get mad at him because of that. <laughs> 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 that guy's an idiot, man. You know, here's my favorite thing to tell Democrats. We wake up in the morning knowing that we didn't vote for a brain-dead moron. That, that makes me feel good. Well, because if you voted for that guy, you are as brain-dead as he is. And look, I understand it was mostly bots who voted for for Joe Biden, because that's the only people who, you know, only thing that should vote for a guy like that. But the few, the handful of people that did, that's your president. And oh, by the way, don't even get me into his VP, who thinks North Korea is our partner, right? Let's not even get started on her, her gaffe. She's as bad as he is. Folks, it, you know, it's funny, Gary, how are we worried? Well, how can we possibly think about this as a nation? We are worried that we might not win re-election or get, win the House and the Senate or Trump wouldn't get back into office or some Republican or whatever. We're concerned when you look at everything these people propose. I said this on my show today. Think about the Democrats. There was a time when at least their idea was good on paper. It may not be good for the long haul, but on paper you could say, well, you know, I see in theory why you would say that, even though in reality it doesn't work. They're, the Democrats' ideas are no longer even good on paper. By the way, you want to know what they're running from right now? Do they're tell. running from crime. Inflation yeah. and crime. Two top things. They can't run from them. Joe Biden, there was no inflation under Trump. At least it was controllable. Now you've got massive inflation. You've got massive crime. And you know what they're saying? We didn't say defund the police or they're redefining it. No, defunded. We didn't mean defunded. We meant take money from them and move it over here. But that's not really defunding them. I mean, they are using every who shot John excuse to say we're not the party of crime. We're not the party of catch and release of putting bad guys on the street, uh, of doing release on your own recognizance in Illinois for second-degree murder and rape and manslaughter. <laughs> this is the stuff Democrats are doing. So I ask you, what are they? It, it was a time when you at least could say, well, I see their logic in doing this. You can't say that anymore. Well, Democrats have apparently a habit of hiring people who can't speak. Um, <laughs> we, I mean, we see this all the time. Uh, Are you talking about Jean-Pierre? <laughs> yeah, what a winner that is. 
Holy wow. Dear. But would you want her job, really? Would you want to have to stand in front of the press corps and explain how the border is secure, how, uh, you oh, know, you leaving Afghanistan was fine, how the, the, uh, the economy is doing well, we're not in a recession. I mean, how would you want that? Would you, I would not want that job. Under Biden, of course not. That that that's that. I'd rather work for the devil. <laughs> well, uh, which, which he kind of does. Yeah, I was going to say that's. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, but but in normal sort, look. Here's what makes that job a lot simpler. If she were to just say, "Listen, guys, our you know the president is obviously struggling. You know, we've got a lot of massive issues going on. We're we're not going to be passing blame because she got asked by Ducey." If when the price of gas went down, you were taking credit. Now that it's gone up, you're blaming everybody else. Well, you, it, it, you, it, you're, you have to nuance it. No, you don't. You could just say, you know what? Uh, we we can't shift blame here and there. The price of gas, there are too many factors. We can't spike the football when it goes down, and we shouldn't take all the blame when it goes up. Now, that's a reasonable answer, but they can't because everything they do is wrong. So she's got a tough job, but what makes it tougher is she's a blatant liar who is trying to protect the pathological liar. The woman in 2016 who was an election denier now says, if you're an election denier in 2020, you're a bad guy. She, she has too many hypocrisies and ironies of her own, and then she's got the worst, the, the biggest liar in history, the Puerto Rican president, Joe Biden. Puerto Rican president. Do we, you do know, we have any more? The, well, uh, you know, I feel like I'm part Puerto Rican because I met one one time at a bodega while I was criticizing the Pakistanis or something. You know, these guys, Elizabeth Warren wants to be an Indian, but Rachel Dolezal is a white girl, and Joe Biden says he met a Puerto Rican once. So, hey, you know what? I, I, I grew up with you. I understand you. I'm, I might as well be, have been one of you. I mean, he's, he says things that are so amazingly, you know, I mean, they're just crazy, and the press barely says a peep. All right, I'm going to give you the, I got, how much time do I have here, Brian? About a minute, minute and a half? A minute and a half. All right, very quickly, Nord Stream blew up several places. Who's behind it? Uh, you know what, I, I, would, I, I really don't know. If I were to take a guess, I would say it's CIA, uh, because you certainly don't want... Um, you know, it wouldn't be anybody from Europe because they need the, the gasoline that's coming from the, the fuel that's coming from there. But it would be CIA or uh, the Russians could have sabotaged it themselves. But I doubt that. I, I, I'm going to guess it's CIA or, or one of our allies. That, is that an act of war? It is, in my opinion, yeah. So yeah. the Biden administration may have, and I think did, Mm-hmm. Commit an act of war. I, I completely. I does that wouldn't surprise me one bit. It's an act of war, and uh, yeah, th- th- we agree. It, it's an act of war. Wow. All right. Uh, I don't I mean, disagree about yeah. that. That this is a guy that now th- that's demented and may have to preside over a war that he started. All while they accuse Donald Trump of being a warmonger and accuse us of being warmongers. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's got some major ramifications. I think it does. Kevin Jackson, thanks for being with right, us. Brother. The KevinJacksonNetwork.com. Jim Babka is going to be with us next. And we're going to talk about this and America's foreign policy right here on The Gary Nolan Show. On a Think Tank Thursday, it's the Zimmer Radio Network.
This is the Gary Nolan Show. Hey, welcome. It is uh, 35 minutes after 9 o'clock, and uh, it is uh, Think Tank Thursday. So we will naturally have uh, the uh, Show Me Institute on board. Patrick Ishmael, who's Director of Government Accountability over at Show Me, is uh, going to talk about uh, the Missouri special session, kind of a wrap-up thing. Uh, we're also going to talk about it uh, with MoFirst.org, Ron Calzone, who, uh, well, frankly, um, thinks the agricultural tax credit bill illustrates just how lawless the Missouri State Senate is. I'll be curious to see how he how he came to that conclusion. But right now, foreign policy, uh, we kind of kicked off a little bit of this. I was talking with Kevin Jackson. He agrees with me. He thinks the CIA uh, actually uh, blew up the uh, Nord Stream pipeline. I don't think other countries have a different opinion. I think everybody is sort of, yeah, it had to be, you know, it's got to be me. Uh, so Jim Babka with us, uh, Grace Arkey on uh, YouTube, or or just look up Jim Babka on YouTube. Uh, he's He sounds much taller than he is. I, I'll just tell you that. Uh, but he is with us now. Good morning. I get to find out that I don't just have a face for radio, unlike you. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> hey, you know, if you're going to take a stab at me here with my height, you know, i got to strike back. Well, I might have I, to hit you in the knee. I might have to punch you in the knee, but, you know, I, I'll do the I, best I can. I had a great line, but I, I can't use it on the radio, so I'll just yeah, have I to bet. wait. Yeah, exactly. you'll yeah. just have to wait for your See, come this up. This is why I podcast. I can use these lines. No FCC. <laughs> so, <laughs> Gary, so, why do you insist on being regulated? I don't know. So, with uh, regard to our foreign policy, yeah, I was I, I, I chatted about this with Kevin this morning at the very end of the uh, interview. The Nord Stream pipeline. I don't know who else would have blown it up, and I, I you know, I remember the uh, the Biden audio where. Where he said, well, we're not going to let that, you know, we're not going to let that happen. We're not going to let them uh, use that pipeline. And the reporter asked him how, and all he did was give a kind of a, that look like, that knowing look like, I got plans. Next thing you know, it, it explodes in several places. He's not alone. Victoria Newland, uh, in roughly the same time period, you know, long before it happened, suggested something very similar. I, I just uh, and that she was part of the uh, group that uh, did the coup in Ukraine in the middle part of the previous decade to overthrow the uh, uh, the, the more Russia comf- comfortable government there. So you know, there's been this 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 increasingly they've, they've increasingly tried to kind of constrict or put a uh, put Putin in a bad spot. Where and and then and they've acted like they can out clever him, even like overtly telling the American people they could do this. Uh, Dave Smith, uh, libertarian comedian, was on Joe Rogan. I, was at the end of last week, beginning of this one. I don't remember exactly what day, but there's a clip you can find on YouTube. It's about ten minutes long, where he lays everything out from Putin's point of view: why Putin would be in angry, why he would have done what he did. Not defending Putin, not defending him at all. In fact, he opposed what Putin did but showing that it's not just kind of out of nowhere that this stuff happens and that there's been a noose that's been tightening. And this administration and the people involved in it back when they were in the Obama administration and now that they are back, 
are, are, uh, are really tightening that noose, and they're trying to very bellicose. They're very, trying to, in fact, provoke multiple wars all at once. And, you know, we should be very, very concerned about this. Well, why would we want to encourage war? Why, why would we want to even uh, get involved? Well, I don't know who this we is you're speaking of, Kimosabi. I doubt you do. I doubt I want it. And there's uh, most, most of the audience probably doesn't want it. Well, it is our think- government. Yeah, it is our government, and, and, and this is really pathetic that we continue to elect people that behave this way. Uh, so <laughs> uh, they want it. First of all, war is very, very good for media business, and most individuals live inside uh, the propaganda that I call the conflict machine, right? They're, they're divided up into tribes, and they're, they're busily fighting. So the, the, the establishment is making very, very clear that Putin's dangerous. They are telling you very sto- various stories about him and about his motives. So here's the most recent one that should really concern us. Uh, they are suggesting with a completely straight face that he is very, very seriously contemplating the use of nuclear weapons. And they are trying to get you ready for this. They are, they are tenderizing you. They are you know, conditioning you to think about the fact that nuclear war is coming and Putin wants it. And this should be disturbing to you. Now, one of the things that they're saying is that there's a missing submarine, and they say it has a doomsday device. I mean, this is like straight out of like a Rocky and Bullwinkle cartoon, a doomsday device. That's what they named this thing? I don't know. But at any rate, they're trying to tell you that it's missing. We don't know where it's at. We don't know where the submarine's at. But it's got tactical nuclear weapons on it, and one of these weapons is called a doomsday device. And this, to me, when I hear this, this rhymes with... 20 years ago, this month, the President of the United States standing up in Cincinnati, Ohio, and saying if we do not stop Saddam Hussein's nuclear weapons program, the next result could be a mushroom cloud over an American city. Gary, I'm speaking from a position of authority here. At the time, we devoted all of our resources to building a website called truthaboutwar.org. It's frozen in time. We froze it about six months after the war started in 2003. You can go look at it today. The claims that we made previous to the war were widely repudiated. One of our tactics was during the eight weeks previous to the shooting, we got into a half dozen American cities with radio ads. We were on a very low shoestring budget. We could only afford to buy one week at a time. We got kicked out of every single city we went to except one. And... The reason we didn't get kicked out of that one was that the owner of the station was one of our supporters, and he would tell any callers that would call up to complain, go to hell. And so we even got kicked out of San Francisco because it was completely forbidden at the time to suggest that Saddam Hussein didn't have nuclear weapons or nuclear weapons program. This was considered insanity. It was considered unpatriotic. It was considered hateful. You might probably sided with the terrorists on 9-11, you pinko commie. That's the kind of stuff we got. I even got a death threat along the way. So that's, that's fine. We stood by our guns, and now people can go read that site, and they go, yawn. Of course, the Saddam Hussein didn't have weapons of mass destruction. Everybody knows that. But at the time, it wasn't allowed to be said. Well, you know, you're being told by no less than institutions like, you know, CNN and, and the New York Times that there's this doomsday weapon floating around, and we don't know where it's at. And I would just caution everybody. I want to throw one more thing in here. I want to go back to the beginning of this year, the early months of this year, before the war in Ukraine started. For about six, eight, nine weeks, I can't remember the exact timeline anymore, we were repeatedly told 
that Putin was going to attack Ukraine, that our intelligence was saying this was going to happen. And what would happen is they'd come out with a bullet in a report and they would say, he's moved this troop division, or he's moved this weapon, or he's done the following thing, or he's made, you know, he's, you know, he's made the following plans, or there's rumors from inside the Kremlin that, and we were told this day after day, and then there were retractions. Oh, sorry, that turned out to be wrong, but you know, there's still reason to be concerned he might do what we just said. This happened for weeks and weeks, and the administration kept pumping this information. They, we were told it repeatedly that this information was coming from the White House, coming from the Pentagon. And then one day, they, 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 he did put the troops there, and a couple days later, he did attack. In fact, when the, in the days or two leading up to the attack, almost all the media was, was kind of yawning a bit, they were like, okay, we're doing, we've been doing this for six, seven weeks now, or we, you know, we're, I guess we're still doing this, right? And then he did attack. This administration seems so hell-bent on trying to provoke Putin, but not just Putin. Other enemies we can cover uh, during the time we've got here into trying to go to war. It's like they want more conflict. They want more war. They're impatient that they don't have it, and they're looking for a provocative excuse. Is that, I don't know. Is, 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 doomsday, is this doomsday device a false potential false flag? I think we should consider even that possibility. Is this about politics? Because usually when a president uh, is engaged in war, they get reelected. Could it be they're doing that just for him to you know maintain well, control? Well, that would be really sad. And I hope everybody within earshot of my voice will not vote for this president just because... We are at war, especially if it turns out that, the, that, that this doomsday device gets loose and it attacks an American city. We had a president in our lifetime who could not get the people to want to go to war, and so he paved the way. He didn't actually set up the attack. That, there's, the conspiracy doesn't go that far. But he paved the way. He made it likely that we were going to be attacked at Pearl Harbor by the Japanese. He made, he paved the way for that. He wanted a provocative event that he could use to draw the United States into World War II. Is this president seeking that out? Well, I, I will tell you that, first of all, every president wants a war. Bill Clinton actually told his friends that he regretted he didn't have a real one, because that's what makes you a great president. We think of our greatest presidents, historically speaking, as the guys that had the big wars to fight and how they led the people through challenging and tough times, Okay. The historians love war presidents. So well, it, didn't didn't Woodrow Wilson kind of drag us into a conflict? After campaigning, he kept us out of war. The entire campaign of 1916 was he kept us out of war, and he didn't. Back then, they didn't do the inauguration until a couple of months into the year. Uh, by that point, he was already turning around and going to Congress. They had their provocative event, and and uh, you know the British wanted that. Uh, and he was actually working behind the scenes. He was already picking a side and beginning to help the British and doing things to undermine the Germans. And the Germans had repeatedly said, they had, we had an embargo going, had repeatedly said, please stop this. You know, we, and, and, and so, <laughs> yeah, there's a whole story. And you've had uh, Perry Willis on your show before. He's better at telling that aspect of the story than I am. But suffice it to say, Woodrow Wilson had a favorite. He just had to get reelected before he could get us all, all uh, and, and get his provocative moment. He was a racist, too. By the way, I got a message uh, from a listener. It says, my brother lives in Germany, is married to a German. He says, there's a shifting mood about the war in the United States after the pipeline bombing 
and that we may be making enemies out of an ally. I'd like to hear about that angle from your guests today. Uh, yeah, I think if they're if they're really paying attention, it's probably us, and that probably will be a problem. Jim Babka, Grace Arkey on YouTube. We're going to make him hang on. Uh, we don't pay him to. We just <laughs> let him hang around with us for a while. It's the Gary Thank Nolan you. Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 9.52. Glad to have you with us. Jim Babka is with us. Grace Arkey on uh, YouTube. And uh, what was your last Grace Arkey about? I, I didn't get to watch it. Is everyone stupid? Well, no, but what was your last Grace Arkey about? It's true. They're not all stupid. We, you know, so there is this variation of, like, <laughs> people don't, why don't people get what I get? Like, I've given this thought, and I have an answer. Why can't people see what I see? They must be stupid. And we actually had a listener that wrote something almost exactly like that. Uh, it, was, it was a little bit more complete. And we go through his letter and answer his question and even give a, uh, a remedy. We explain why. Uh, what is actually happening instead of stupidity, and and how to uh, reverse that? Interesting. I have um, a, a, a gentleman that I know who put together a song, uh, and I, I I think I'll play it on the. I may do this right now. Well, while you're here, uh, this is uh, Michael Harrison from Talkers Magazine, and he has a song called Idiots about, you know, practically exactly what we're talking about. Listen to this. Uh, we won't go through the whole thing. It's three minutes, but listen. Thinking's on a holiday for many folks every day. our culture second rate let's start out with easy stuff then the stuff that's far more tough here at home and overseas ignorance is the real disease they're lazy 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 their speech is often hazy never ceases to amaze me Tries me crazy, crazy, crazy. Crazy, 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 crazy. They cherry pick and reaffirm half baked dumb ideas. Agree with almost anything that feeds their hate and fears. Always blaming others for their own damn lack of vision. They buy the crap that sold them from the merchants of division. The whole point of the song is that both sides think the other side are, you know, stupid. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and there's a mix of truth and error even in what, you know, was said just now uh, in the song. Uh, there, it, it's actually rather complicated. We, we focus on one factor in the, in the current episode that's online, episode 18 of the show. But we're uh, there's actually layers of stuff, stuff we could actually discuss here that, that are going on. And one of those is that uh, Jonathan Haidt, 
uh, has done a survey that is so far over 34,000 people have participated in. And he's found that basically we, we share a lot of common values, but we place heavy emphasis on different things. And those differences in our personal values, the things that we care the most about, uh, lead us to prioritize or think more. certain things are more important than others, consequently. And politicians exploit that to their, you know, very opportunistically. And we end up thinking that the only way that we can solve these problems is to fight with one another. And I'm here to suggest that, no, there's, you know, if you believe something's a problem, you can be a self-governor. You can go out and start trying to solve that problem today. You can gather other people to your cause, and you can address that problem. You don't have to lobby a single politician. You don't have to get the majority on your side before you do it. You can just begin right where you are, and you can change those things. Uh, this the conflict really, really does not work. It's expensive. It's uh, it's inefficient. It tends to make matters worse often. And so, given that those factors are the case, we really should skip this whole political game, and we should get the government out of most of the businesses it's in, if not all of them. That would be wonderful to do. Uh, Truthaboutwar.com, right? Or org. I would prefer org. Truthaboutwar.org. Dot org. And they should go back. This is frozen in time about six months after the conflict started. All the claims that we made, however, are unchanged. The radio ads, I believe, are still there. Uh, it's been a while since I've been at the site. But we froze it just for this purpose so we can keep referring back to it because these kinds of events keep happening. Remember when they had the satellite pictures of uh, Saddam lining up all the tanks on the, uh, on the border? Literally, that's like the first week or so that our website was up live while that was ha- while uh, Colin Powell was giving that testimony on live television and before the UN Security Council, and it turned out to be a farce. And even he has admitted it. Yeah, what did they do? They 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 wouldn't even let us have access to uh, government satellite pictures, but there are other satellites up there. And yeah, what? but I don't know what they can or can't share. I don't know what they what kind of. Uh, <laughs> what they expect the government to do to them if they do share it. You know, right now, uh, Facebook and Twitter and some of these other social media companies, we now have evidence it's begun to emerge that they were being heavily intimidated by this White House um, during 2021. That, is, that, that information has begun to emerge in various court hearings and Freedom of Information Act requests. It's still incomplete, but they were giving direct orders. They were communicating with these social media companies directly and telling them what to ban or what to shut down. Yeah, but these the social media companies willingly uh, engaged with them. They wanted uh, their input and, uh, and adhered to it. I, th- I think there's truth to that, but I don't know that they had a choice either. I mean, let's, let's, be, let's be fair about this. I don't think they had a choice. I think there was a carrot and a stick running here. Well, we have a choice, and uh, we choose to uh, bring on a new guest in the next half hour. Uh, and that would be Patrick Ishmael from the Show Me Institute. But Jim Babka's Grace Archie on YouTube, it is, it's not just informative and out-of-the-box thinking, it's entertaining. Jim, thanks for being with us. Thanks, Gary. All right. Show Me Institute next on Think Tank Thursday. This is The Gary Nolan Show.